Today on the Matt Wall Show, we're supposed to celebrate because for the first time, a child has three legal fathers listed on her birth certificate. But I don't feel much like celebrating. I'll explain why if it's not already obvious. Also, five headlines, including Governor Cuomo facing political disaster due to his sexual harassment scandal. But how is it that this is the scandal that takes him down and not the nursing home scandal that resulted in the deaths of thousands of elderly people? And also the cancel mob is coming for Dr. Seuss. We'll talk about that in our daily cancellation. We'll discuss the left's latest linguistic innovation, which is women, but with an X instead of an E. All of that and much more today on The Matt Walsh Show. The New York Post announces the big news, a baby with three dads. This is supposed to be a, a, a historic first, a major milestone in human history. And it certainly would be if there actually existed a baby with three actual fathers. Turns out, and this is no surprise to the dwindling minority with a rudimentary grasp of basic human biology, that the child merely has a birth certificate with the names of three dudes written on it. Here's the post with the details. It says, a gay polyamorous California thruple made history in 2017 when they became the first family in the state to list three parents on a birth certificate. Their reproductive journey and legal battle to become fathers to Piper, now three, is detailed in Three Dads and a Baby, written by one of her dads, Dr. Ian Jenkins. Jenkins and his partners, Jeremy Hodges and Dr. Alan Mayfield, don't see their family, which now also includes their son, Parker, as unusual. Well, of course, it is by definition unusual. It's not possible for a thing to make history and not be unusual. Indeed, unusual is the most polite and measured thing that I can say about this particular arrangement. But more from the post. It says, Jenkins met Mayfield, a psychiatrist, while they were completing. So maybe I should tell you a little something about the psychiatry industry. Uh, well, anyway, he met a psychiatrist while they were completing their medical residencies in Boston. The two were together for eight years when Hodges, who works at a zoo hospital, came into the picture. Although their relationship with Hodges began as a friendship, things quickly turned romantic. After five years of thruppledom, the trio started seriously discussing parenthood when friends offered to donate their leftover embryos to them. Leftover embryos. Isn't it inspiring to hear human life referred to this way? Like it's a slab of meatloaf sitting in a Tupperware container in the fridge. I got some leftover embryos. Let me go grab them. I think I got a couple in the trunk. I'll, I'll, go, I'll, go, I'll go take a look. As it turns out, the leftover embryo, i.e. human life, wasn't viable. And the next attempt, attempt also didn't take. So they took several, se several tries, just tossing out the embryos. No big deal, just human life. Finally, um, a helpful friend gave them some of her eggs, which were then fertilized in a laboratory and implanted in the uterus of another friend. Meanwhile, some fancy footwork was performed with the help, uh, with the help of lawyers and tens of thousands of dollars of legal fees. And then presto changeo, just like magic, a child with three dads was born, which is to say a child with one father, a mother she'll never know, who was conceived in a Petri dish, brought to term in a rented uterus and placed in the care of three men who immediately set out to monetize her existence with a self-congratulatory memoir, was born. Tomato, tomato, I suppose. If you're feeling not terribly excited about our new and improved society where babies can have three dads and no mom, that's because you're a normal and sane person. As a normal and sane person, the whole thing probably seems to you rather, I don't know, unnatural, disordered. You likely have the impression that the interests of the children aren't being taken much into account here. Sure, the men feel great about their dad trio, but 
their emotional needs aren't the primary concern of normal and sane people. We're worried about the children who are being treated more as fashion accessories than human beings. To respect their humanity is to acknowledge that children need mothers too. It is an absurd and damnable idea that the role of the mother can be adequately replaced just by adding more dads into the equation. I'm still not exactly sure what the exchange rate is. Like you add, uh, add, you know, so you have one dad, that's, that's, that equals a dad, and then you've got two dads, that equals a mom. So is it each dad equals one mom? I mean, how does it work exactly? Add four more dads and you have two moms, a dad. But if adding dads is the plan, why stop at three? Why not four dads? Four dads, five dads, six dads, seven. It's beginning to sound like a creepy children's book that I'm sure somebody will eventually write. This is not a rhetorical question. It's something we really need to think about because the floodgates are officially open and have been for some time. Once society moves away from the nuclear family, not just in practice, but in a categorical denial that it is the ideal family structure at all, then there's no remaining boundary, no limiting principle. This is where the so-called slippery slope argument comes in, and it's why those who warn about slippery slopes are usually proven correct, even as the left laughs and guffaws at the whole notion that perhaps sometimes one thing might lead to another. I mean, they call something a slippery slope argument as if simply labeling it slippery slope is enough to uh, debunk it. It's not. Yes, oftentimes slopes are slippery. Oftentimes one thing leads to another. The point with the slippery slope is that when you tear down a boundary without any idea as to where to rebuild it, or you get rid of a word's definition without even a suggestion as to what its new definition ought to be, then you have obviously... And it would seem by design sent, sent this new boundaryless, undefinable thing tumbling into insanity and incoherence. You haven't actually moved the boundary or changed the definition of the thing, but simply destroyed it. As I've observed many times, this is the process playing, right, playing out right now with respect to gender. We're told that the word woman no longer means adult human female, which is what it meant since the dawn of time. So what does it mean? If it's not that, then what is it? Those who seek to erase the word's traditional definition have, it turns out, no plans for giving it a new one. They don't seek to promote or, or you know, a new or expanded concept of womanhood, but to annihilate the very concept itself. It is not really a slope, but a freefall plunge into obliteration. Each new stage in our moral and logical descent is predictable and inevitable. If our biological identity has no meaning and can be changed on a whim, then the same will be done with age and race and every other aspect of our identity. It's not a question of if. It will happen. It is already beginning to happen. Because there's no reason why it wouldn't happen. Now that the precedent has been set and the logical and moral barriers preventing it from happening have been removed. And so with marriage and family, it's the same. We have seen three men call themselves dead. Soon, that's not going to be the strangest or most disturbing combination. Give it enough time, and even the self-professed conservatives will be defending the three-dad concept as valid and equal, while maybe, well, maybe offering polite pushback to the newer, you know, four dads and three sex robots family units. I wish I was exaggerating, but this is the path that we put ourselves on when we moved away from the mother-father nuclear family structure. 
That was, we had it right the first time. That was right. Everything after that is wrong. And once you give up on that, there is no end. The truth is that every child needs and deserves both a mother and a father. We have to preserve that or preserve nothing. There is no middle option. There is no compromise with moral insanity. You either fight it with all you have on every field of battle, never giving it a single inch, or you surrender and let it have its way with the culture. And we have obviously in this culture made our choice and we chose very poorly. Let's get now to our five headlines. Now, a quick word from our good friends over at Charity Mobile. You know, it's never been more important to support companies that support our values, to support companies that have morals, that share our values, because there's so many companies out there that obviously don't. And uh, inevitably, you're going to be supporting a lot of companies that don't share your values. But when there's an opportunity, when you find one um, like Charity Mobile, you've got to jump on it. Charity Mobile is the pro-life phone company because 5% of your monthly plan price goes to the pro-life, pro-family charity of your choice. You can help build a culture of life in America while supporting a pro-life phone company. And that's, you know, there, there, there's that piece of it. That's really important, obviously. But also, we should mention it's a great service with great uh, perks that come, like new activations and eligible accounts. Get a free cell phone with free activation and free shipping. You get, there's no contract, no termination fees, and no risk with a 30-day guarantee. Uh, so that means that there's no reason to not try out Charity Mobile. Live customer service based right here in the USA. You also have the ability to block uh, cellular data, picture messages. So you've got that parental control as well, that safety that comes with it. Um, so if you want to be a part of Charity Mobile, call them at 1-877-474-3662 or chat with them online at charitymobile.com. You know, I have to tell you, and this relates to what we're going to talk about in the daily cancellation and a little bit to what we just talked about in the, the opening monologue. But uh, I, I am, maybe it's on my mind. I have, it's, I, I'm, I'm kind of crisis of conscience a little bit. And it's Lent. It's a time for atonement and confession. So um, I have to confess to a little bit of hypocrisy myself. Um, I was playing Scrabble with my wife a, a few days ago. And um, in, in the early going of the game, she was, she was beating me. And she never beats me in Scrabble. I take immense pride in my Scrabble prowess. And in fact, in, all, in, all, in my prowess in all board games. It's all I have. It's the only thing I'm good at is board games. And so I, I, I cling to those. And um, finally, we get towards the end of the game, and it's getting, it, the, the score's pretty close. And, uh, you know, we're at, the, we're at the stage of the game. There's not a lot of room left on the board. And, you know, you're putting down words like cat and stuff like that just because you're trying to get the, the tiles up. And I put down the word zer, Z-E-R, which is a trans-inclusionary, you know, gender-neutral fake pronoun thing. And, uh, but Z, 10 points. I put it on a triple-letter score. Ended up with 32 points. I won the game on that basis even though I know it's a made-up word. Um, and I, I, I did have a, a moment where I was like, "This, I'm, I am abandoning everything I believe just to win this Scrabble game. But when it comes to board games, I basically have no morals. I will do anything to win. It, only in the realm of board games. Um, but I did win the game. And uh, that's, you know, that, that's the, maybe the one good thing about all the leftist in manipulation of language is it, it is great for Scrabble because they're adding a lot of Z's and a lot of X's in, and those are high scoring tiles right there. So that's maybe the one good thing. 
All right. Number one, this is from the New York Post. It says New York Governor Andrew Cuomo on Monday was accused of making unwanted advances towards a woman and planting an unsolicited kiss on her cheek at a 2019 wedding. Anna Rutch, uh, 33, recalled to the New York Times that he said, he said, can I kiss you? I was so confused and shocked and embarrassed. The allegation comes after two former state staffers accused Cuomo, 63, of sexual harassment on the job, including one who claimed the governor kissed her without warning at his Manhattan office, which he has denied. Unlike the other two women, Rutch has never been employed by the, the governor or the state, according to the Times. Former member of the Obama administration in 2020 uh, Biden campaign, Rutch and Cuomo met at a crowded New York City wedding reception in December 2019. Uh, within moments of being introduced, Rutch claims the governor put his hands on the small of her lower back, which was exposed in an open back dress. Um, and she said, quote, I promptly removed his hand with my hand, which I would have thought was a clear enough indicator that I was not wanting him to touch me. But the governor apparently didn't get the hint. He allegedly noted that Rutch seemed aggressive and then placed his hand on her cheeks and asked her if he could kiss her. Um, he, she said she turned away, didn't have words in that moment. There's actually a picture, I think, of this moment where he's got his hands on her cheek and is talking to her. And she looks extremely uncomfortable. And there's been a lot of claims like this. Now, you know, and, and this is, everyone's turning against him. I mean, the media, um, everyone's turning against him on this. And this will probably take him down. I think he's probably going to have to resign if they, if, they, if they keep up the pressure. Because obviously for Andrew Cuomo, it doesn't matter. Conservatives can complain about him all they want. As we've discovered, it's not going to make a damn bit of difference. He's the governor of New York after all. But when the left turns on you as the governor of New York, well, then you've got, you've got nowhere to turn. Uh, so that's what's happening here. Media's turning on him. Other elected Democrats, de Blasio throwing him under the bus, which they hate each other. So no surprise there. But, I, you know, I hear this and I just can't, it, I, I can't quite get over the fact that this is, I'm not surprised, okay, but even so, this is what takes him down? This? Uh, not the fact that he killed thousands of old people? I mean, he, 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 through his actions, um, thousands of old people died. Thousands of elderly people died. Because of him, and he wins an Emmy and a book deal because of it. Um, or maybe not because of it, but certainly in spite of it. We, we, we have known about the nursing home scandal for months now. And even after that came to light, the Emmy, book deal, everything. He was celebrated, left, loved him. Media loved him. So that's no big deal. So we, we say to the media, oh, you know, this guy, he killed 10,000 elderly people. Yeah, you know. Uh, but he also touched a woman's cheek. Well, off with his head. You want to talk about priorities? I mean, my God. There could be nothing that better illustrates our backwards priorities in this country than this story. It, it, does, it does have vibes of like Al Capone getting taken down for tax evasion after you know, everything that he did. It's like, it's like a little bit of that. And so that's, that's also why people on the right, I think, are jumping on this sexual harassment bandwagon um, be, because they realize that this pales in comparison to the, the nursing home scandal. Not even in the same ballpark, not in the same city, not in the same universe, right? Uh, they realize that, but they figure, well, if this is what we can take them down with, then let's, let's do it. I can't quite jump on that band, bandwagon I, I, because I can't stomach it. I can't stomach pretending that this... Who cares about this when, when we have this other thing over here? 
If I'm going to spend any time criticizing Andrew Cuomo in my private life or on this show, how could I carve out time to talk about him saying to a woman, can I kiss you when he killed thousands of elderly people? That's the scandal. 100%. It's not even like it's mostly that and a little bit of this. No, it's all that. The comments he made to women were, it sounds like some of them were inappropriate. Okay. He made some inappropriate comments. Great. I understand. Uh, it, he shouldn't have made those comments. He shouldn't have said them. Okay. Let's go back to talking about all the dead elderly people. Let's talk about the dead people. These women that he made inappropriate comments to, they're, they're, they're alive. You know, they're, they're thriving. There are a lot of people who are not alive and not thriving today because of his actions. It is just, it, it cannot be defended, what, what we're seeing happen right now. Um, that this is what's going to take him down. And, this, and I'm not defending him, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not looking to white knight for Andrew Cuomo here. My only point is, if we're screaming about what a scumbag he is, yes, he is a scumbag, but it's because of the nursing home scandal. Now, um, Chris Cuomo, his his, uh, younger, adoring brother, was forced to sort of acknowledge some of this on his show yesterday, in a way. But in in his acknowledgement, he kind of uh, condemned himself. And and let's listen to it now and see what he says. Before we start tonight, uh, let me say something that I'm sure is very obvious to you who watch my show. And thank you for that. You're straight with me. I'll be straight with you. Obviously, I'm aware of what's going on with my brother. And obviously, I cannot cover it because he is my brother. Now, of course, CNN has to cover it. They have covered it extensively, and they will continue to do so. I have always cared very deeply about these issues, and profoundly so. I just wanted to tell you that. There's a lot of news going on that matters also. So let's get after that. Okay, when he says these issues, covering it, these issues are important, he's talking about the inappropriate comments to women. He's talking about touching a woman's cheek or her lower back. That's what he's talking about. Not killing thousands of elderly people. That's He's talking about the, the comments. That's the issue that matters with Andrew Cuomo. Now, of course, the claim that it's a conflict of interest so he can't cover it is absurd because he... If it's a conflict of interest to talk about a a negative story pertaining to a family member, then isn't it also a conflict of interest to talk about the supposedly positive stories? Talk about how what a, what a great job he's doing as governor, like as Andrew as Chris Cuomo did for months when he brought them on for their little buddy cop, you know, slapstick duo routine, comedy routine, complete with uh, with props and everything. If, if the one is a conflict of interest, then this is also a conflict of interest, it would seem to me. All right, number two. So there was a story that a school district in Virginia was banning Dr. Seuss on charges that Dr. Seuss was racist. But CNN has the article running cover for this cancellation attempt um, as best they can. Let me pull it up here. It says a school district in Virginia recently made headlines for allegedly banning books, uh, books by Dr. Seuss. But Ludown County Public Schools 
uh, located in Ashburn, said it is not banning books by the famous children's author. It's just discouraging a connection between Read Across America, which was created to get kids excited about reading, and Dr. Seuss's birthday. Both fall on March 2nd and have often been historically connected to each other, according to the district. Um, it said in a statement, research in recent years has revealed strong racial undertones in many books written slash illustrated by Dr. Seuss. Um, and examples of racial undertones in the books include anti-Japanese American political cartoons and cartoons depicting African-Americans for sale captioned with offensive language. This according to the LCPS. Uh, given this research and LCPS's focus on equity and culturally responsive instruction, LCPS provided this guidance to schools during the past couple of years to not connect Read Across America Day exclusively with Dr. Seuss's books. So that's the, um, that's the claim, at least as it pertains to the school systems of Read Across America, that, well, they're not, they're not canceling the books, they're just de-emphasizing them, which read as canceling them. But it goes beyond the school systems. So here's the latest um, from Mediaite. This is what they report. The official organization that controls the legacy of Dr. Seuss has announced it will cease sales of six of the author's children's books over racist and insensitive depictions. In a statement time for the late author's birthday, uh, Dr. Seuss Enterprises told the Associated Press that the books, here are the books, and to think that I saw it on May, uh, Mulberry Street, if I ran the zoo, McElligott's Pool, On Beyond Zebra, Scrambled Egg Super, and The Cat's Quizzer will no longer be published due to hurtful depictions in the books. So we've got the school system, but then also Do Dr. Seuss Enterprises. The people that control Dr. Seuss's legacy, control his, uh, control everything, they're throwing him under the bus too. They're, they're, they're taking part in the metaphorical book burning. That's how bad it's gotten. You know, I see all of this now that Dr. Seuss, and of course Dr. Seuss is canceled. Listen, some of us have been have been warning you about this for, for years now. Um, it, it, every, they're coming for everybody. Everybody. If you were a prominent person, an author, a historical figure, a politician, anything, and it's someone who existed, well, I, I, I used to say it was like if it was if you if you existed forty years ago or earlier, you're going to be canceled. But now we could probably move that up and say if you existed twenty years ago or earlier, ten years ago, everyone's going to get it. Of course, they're going to come for Doctor Seuss. And yeah, if you go back in history, you go back to people, author, it doesn't matter, anyone who lived 60 years ago, 70, 80, 90 years ago. Yes, they're going to have views that are not acceptable by our modern standards. And if they were prominent people, they'll probably have expressed those views in some form. That's the case for everyone. There was not a person who lived 80 years ago who did not have at least one viewpoint that people in modern society, especially on the left, would re recoil in heart uh, if they hurt. Not, not, not a single person who lived even 80 years ago. You want to go back, you want to talk about 200 years ago or 300 years ago, forget about it. So now they're coming for Dr. Seuss. Um, and I, I do take this somewhat personally. This is a cancellation that hits me, you know, a, a, a little bit more than some of the others because I've, I've, as a kid, I was a huge Dr. Seuss fan. I partially taught myself to read using Dr. Seuss books. I was in the, I was in the Dr. Seuss book club. I had all the books and everything. 
um, with the the Cat in the Hat book enders, and then I had I had the whole I had the whole Doctor Seuss catalog up on the up on our bookshelf in our house, and I would read. I loved Doctor Seuss as a kid. My kids love Doctor Seuss. They're still gonna love Doctor Seuss. They're coming for him too now. I, and, and you know, I have always said if we are gonna cancel Doctor Seuss, um, it shouldn't be for racism. It should be, if anything, it should be for elder ab- abuse with the book Hop on Pop. Because that is a really influential to kids, and I've read that to my kids. And now, because they've been brainwashed by that book, they think that anytime they see dad laying on a couch, doesn't matter, uh, they can just run and jump right on me, elbow right to the gut. And I think it has a lot to do with that book. So if we're going to cancel him, it should be for that. All right, number three, former CIA director John Brennan has gone full critical race theory now. Not a surprising development either, but here he is on MSNBC. Let's listen. We started with Kate, Katie Benner's great new reporting about the investigation into police officer. It renders, you know, at best hypocritical, at worst cynical and false, any notion that the Republicans care about the lives and the safety of law enforcement. Well, I must say, to Claire's point, I'm increasingly embarrassed to be a white male these days. <laughs> I mean, what a, light of what I see of my other white males saying. But it, it just shows that with, the, with very few exceptions, like Mitt Romney, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, there are so few Republicans in Congress who value truth, honesty, and integrity. And so they'll continue to gaslight the country the way that Donald Trump did. And the fact that this has such security and safety implications for the American public and for the members of Congress, again, as Claire said, it is just a disgusting display of craven politics that really should have no place in the United States in 2021. Yeah, he's embarrassed to be a white male. Well, I got to tell you, John, feelings mutual. We, we, we feel the same, same way about you. We, we feel ashamed of you, you ridiculous goober. What does, it, what does it tell you that these are the kinds of people we had running our law enforcement agencies, the CIA, you know, the, 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 these kind of people, these empty suits, these big fat nothings. You're embarrassed to be a white male. What? What does that mean? You, you would never hear anyone of any other race ever say anything like that. You'd never hear it. Never hear it. But with 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 but if you want to be on MSNBC and you're a white male, then that's the sort of token um, atonement you're supposed to uh, supposed to supposed to offer, supposed to display to show how ashamed you are. I mean, eventually that's going to be a prerequisite for employment at a place like MSNBC if you're a white male. Even get in the door, you have to apologize for being one. And I always think with these guys, John Brennan is however old, old he is. He's an old guy. Um, and here he is sounding like a, a, you know, a 19-year-old girl in a gender studies class. Bought into critical race theory. I'm embarrassed to be a white male. At his age. You're supposed to get firmer and more stubborn in, in your old age. But you've got these, these Democrats... At their old age, they're buying into all this stuff because they are, again, nothings. They have nothing going on inside. Empty shells. All right, number four. This is another one um, kind of a uh, related to our priorities. So this is the, who is this? The New York Post says, 
Lady Gaga's dog walker, who was shot while out for a stroll with the star's French bulldogs in Los Angeles, penned an emotional social media post on Monday morning describing the ambush and thanking the star for her support. Ryan Fisher, uh, 39 years old, he wrote this, he wrote on Instagram, it was a lengthy thing. He started talking about uh, when he was walking the Lady Gaga's dogs and the gunman came, shot him. And he's laying, it's a horrible story. He's laying in a pool of his own blood. And he was, he's in the hospital. He's recovering now. He was on a breathing tube. I think he's off of the breathing tube now. Um, but this story, you know, I first saw this story about Lady Gaga's dogs getting kidnapped last week. And I, I thought, wh- who, who cares? And what does it tell you that it took like five days for anyone to even ask, what about the human being who got shot? Can we hear an update on this guy? All the headlines and everything. Everyone that was so concerned, it was all about the dogs getting taken. Who cares? Yeah, I'm concerned about the person. Turns out the person's going to be okay, it looks like. Thank God. This is one of those, it just shows me how little I understand, I guess, the American public at this point. Because if, if I, if someone had come to me with the scoop on that story, if I had, let's say, a, a source in law enforcement in Beverly Hills or wherever this was, uh, and, and they came to me and they said, hey, listen, we got uh, we, the, the Lady Gaga's dogs are just, were just kidnapped, were just dognapped. Big story. Um, you know, you, you could break the story. I would have said, no, I'm not going to. I, I would have just tossed that one in the trash bin. I would have tossed that tip in the trash bin. I would have figured that nobody would care. I would have said, what? Her dogs were kidnapped. So? What am I going to? That's not breaking news. I would have lost. I, you know, that could have been something that made my journalistic career if I had got that story. Um, People cared a lot. Even on Drudge Report, this was the big story, sirens blaring. Lady Gaga's dogs were kidnapped. <laughs> of all the things. If I were to make a list, what day did that happen? Last Thursday? If I were to make a list of, of every news item from last Thursday and rank it by importance, Lady Gaga's dogs getting canceled would literally be the very last item on that list. All right. Um, but the dogs were recovered, by the way, if, if you're concerned about that. So the dogs are okay. The person was shot. Um, and that's that story. All right. Number five, the Daily Mail has this, says work is due to start on the world's first space hotel in low earth orbit in 2025. And it will come equipped with restaurants, a cinema, spa, and rooms for 400 people. Developed by the Orbital Assembly Corporation, the Voyager station could be operational as early as 2027 with the infrastructure built in orbit around the Earth. That seems a little bit optimistic to me, but they're hoping to have, they're hoping to have a, a, a space hotel fully operational in the next seven years. My only question is, how much would it cost to have a pizza delivered to your room? Sorry, I just read this story just for that joke. The whole story was leading up to that bad joke, and I apologize for that, but that's all I have to say about that. That's it. All right, let's go to uh, reading the comments now. This is from Anna. She says, we know that public schools have failed us because apparently the only historic event anyone ever learned was about World War II. Can anyone ever come up with a historic reference from any other time period? This is exactly what, that's the the only thing that offends me about the constant Nazi comparisons is just how there are so many other historical events. And oftentimes the thing you're comparing to the Nazis, there is a historical analog. It's just not that. So I agree with you. 
Uh, Jonathan says, came for Ben, laughed with Clavin, learned a little from Knowles, staying sane with Matt. So you're saying you don't laugh with me or learn from me? You're banned from the show. How dare you? Um, I'm so damn Gucci says, Matt, this may be unrelated, but I want to know, what do you think about amateur predator catching groups? I guess child predator catching groups. And if their evidence should be allowed in a court of law. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in, in, there's probably no measure being taken against child predators that I would object to. And there are a lot of measures not being taken right now that if they were taken, I also would not object to. So, um, I'm, I'm fine with it. Whatever, whatever can be done to bring these scumbags down is cool with me. Uh, Johan Broham says, I think that Matt Walsh would be a fantastic press secretary. Matt Walsh, press secretary, 2024. I would be terrible at that job. I would be, I would be worse than Jen Psaki. Um, which maybe that's what you mean by great is that you would enjoy watching me. You would enjoy watching the, uh, crap show up on, up on your screen every day. So if that's what you mean, then I guess you're right. Vincent Andrews says, Matt, you're not going to read this comment, are you? No, I'm not. Um, and Stabby Troll, a lot of great usernames today. Stabby Troll says, stop. Please stop telling people that the leftists call everything Nazi without explaining every single time that they call others Nazis to hide the fact that they are Nazis. It just makes people who don't know the insurgency tactics feel bad and believe them. This is exactly, there's a nice bookend here, a nice symmetry, first comment to the last. Because you, Stabby Troll, are demonstrating what was observed uh, astutely by the person in the first comment. That, no, the, the leftists are not Nazis. There's many things you could say about them. Many bad things. Many criticisms you can offer. I spend all day, every day, offering those criticisms. Uh, but they're not Nazis, no. They, they have very little, there's very little comparison that could be made. I mean, a few things. Both leftists and Nazis were both environmentalists, for example. Big into animal rights. Um, if nobody else is right, but no, there's, there's no, there's no real comparison. Um, so we, and it's, it's not about, you know, being offended. It's just, if you're looking for historical analogies, find one that makes sense. Cause the, the only thing you mean by that, when you say they're the Nazis, what you mean is Nazis are bad and leftists are bad. And so they're the same, but that's not right. Even if you want to go back to what, you know, there's, there's a better comparisons to be made between leftists and like the Soviets. If you want to go back to that period in history and look for an analog, then I think that's where you would want to look. So now let's talk about Rock Auto. You hear me talk about Rock Auto all the time because they're just a great company and a, a great service. And they're all about saving you time and money, which when you're shopping for auto parts, I think that's that's what you're looking to do, right? You, you want to find the right product, but, but you don't want to waste more time than you need to or spend more money than you have to. RockAuto.com is so much easier than walking into a store and you got to answer all the questions from the guy behind the counter. Maybe he doesn't have what you need. He's got to go online. He's got to order your part. Uh, he says it'll be in in five to six business days or whatever. You have access to RockAuto.com at your desk and in your pocket. Why not take advantage of it? RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been doing this for a long time, for 20 years. They've been serving auto parts customers online. You can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, the prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low. And they're the same. No matter if you're a professional, do-it-yourselfer, they're going to be the same. They're not going to charge you. They're going to charge you uh, as little as they possibly can to make sure you get what you need. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. 
All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Remember to write Walsh in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you. Also, so many crazy leftist theories uh, out there, and in some cases, outright lies, of course, need to be called out for what they are. And that's exactly what Ben Shapiro does every day. But this is what he's especially doing in the Daily Wire's newest series, Debunked. Every Friday, Ben exposes popular fallacies purported by leftist activists and politicians. In the first episode, they talked about uh, the minimum wage. It was a great episode. He debunks the myth of the minimum wage. I'm sure you've heard this argument before. We need a livable minimum wage. What liberal activists and politicians won't acknowledge, however, is that the minimum wage was never designed to be a livable wage, and it hurts more people than it helps. So he talks about that and so many other subjects. Debunked is available exclusively to Daily Wire members, so go to dailywire.com slash subscribe and use code DEBUNKED to get 25% off your new membership and stay tuned for this Friday's episode where Ben will break down unions. So looking forward to that. That's code DEBUNKED for 25% off. Now let's get to our daily cancellation. So we begin today with the streaming platform Twitch. As I understand it, Twitch is a place where people play video games and other people watch those people playing video games. I find this concept utterly mystifying. I mean, this is what I'm up against, you understand. It was, it was hard enough for me to wrap my head around why anyone plays video games to begin with. Now I, have, now I have to try to understand why people not only play them, but watch other people play them. I mean, what's next? Will you listen to a podcast where someone describes themselves playing a video game in real time? Unless that's already a thing. Is that already a thing? Please tell me that's not already a thing. But we can, we can return to that issue another time, I guess. The reason Twitch is appearing in the daily cancellation for this episode is a tweet that they sent out yesterday in honor of Women's History Month. And this is, just to emphasize, Women's History Month, if you didn't know that. Coming up in a week, March 8th, is also International Women's Day. And that falls in the middle of International Women's Week. So it will be Women's Day during Women's Week during Women's Month. And I'm still concerned that we may not be appreciating women enough. I think we need maybe a Women's Hour a women's hour on Women's Day during Women's Week and Women's Month. This is how we will defeat sexism once and for all. Now, Twitch tried to do their part. They tweeted, quote, Join us in celebrating and supporting all the women creating their own worlds, building their communities, and leading the way on Twitch. Seems pretty standard. The problem is that they spelled women with an X. Wimixen, which is, I guess, how that's supposed to be pronounced. And this is supposed to be the gender-neutral, trans-inclusionary spelling of women, similar to Latinx, the gender-neutral, trans-inclusionary spelling of Latino, and SpaghettiX, which is the gender-neutral, trans-inclusionary spelling of SpaghettiOs, and you can go on and on. But Twitch's inclusionary gambit didn't pay off. There was massive backlash to it, not from the right, but from the left. Thousands of leftists complain that Wimixen, though intended to, to include trans people, actually excludes them. Trans women are women, as the claim goes. If you change the word women to include them, then you're not really including them at all. And of course, they're right. It's sort of like if you're a kid and some other kids have a group they call the Best Friends Club, and you ask if you can join it, so they say sure, but then they change the name to the Casual Acquaintances Club. I mean, it's nice that they're trying to bring you into the fold, but the message they send by changing the name is that they aren't really bringing you into the fold at all, at least not the same one that you wanted to be in. So a similar thing is happening here, but of course... That's not the problem with adding X to women. The problem is not that it makes trans people feel singled out. I mean, just adding trans to women already does that. The very word trans already makes clear that trans women are not the same as actual women. If they were, we just call them women. The very fact that you have to say the phrase trans women are women tells me that they aren't. 
In any case, none of that is the point. The point and the problem with Wemixon is that it's gibberish. So is Latinx. So are the new pronouns that get shoved into the lexicon every day. This is all gibberish, and that's the problem with it. The left objected to Wemixon while still not objecting to Latinx or any similar innovation, uh, not because it, it, it's invented gibberish, but because it is invented gibberish that didn't have the political and ideological effect that they intended. And that's a very different sort of criticism. My issue, my criticism with people speaking gibberish is simply that it is gibberish. And gibberish, when we're forced to pretend that it's not gibberish, is an assault on human language. Now, the defense usually offered for this kind of thing is that language evolves, right? People sound different today than they did 50 years ago or 100 years ago and so on. Uh, words change meaning over time. New words, new expressions are adopted. It's the evolution of language. And it's true that language does evolve, but Latinx is not a product, product of evolution. Neither is Wemixon. These are changes that are engineered artificially and for expressly ideological reasons. It is not evolution, but design, though perhaps not very intelligent design. Normally, language evolves so that different people in different eras can better express their meaning and better be understood. But these artificial changes have the opposite effect and intent. They make speech less clear meaning more obscured. And that's why it should be opposed. Not for the reason that the left opposed this particular change, but for the real reason that it is simply gibberish. But Twitch somehow managed to attract the ire of both left and right. I mean, they managed to be so aggressively stupid and hopelessly woke that even their fellow maniacs recoiled. And if that's not worthy of cancellation, then I don't know what is. And so Twitch is officially uh, canceled. And also because, look, what are you doing sitting around watching other people play video games? Like, read a book. Go, go for a jog. Okay? Go climb a tree or something. Either way, Twitch, Twitch is canceled. Okay, we'll leave it there. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Godspeed. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Also, tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Walsh Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Production manager, Pavel Vodosky. The show is edited by Danny D'Amico. Our audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is done by Nika Geneva. And our production coordinator is McKenna Waters. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. A thruple of men are all listed as fathers on a child's birth certificate. Minneapolis goes on lockdown ahead of the George Floyd trial. And moderate Joe Biden pushes more radicalism. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show.